This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. The Black and Blue Report is set to wrap here at the Greenbrier in West Virginia, and uh, John DeShazer and myself, Sean Kelly, heading back to New Orleans this afternoon. We are certainly looking forward to that, but we also want to spend some time with you all today as the Saints wrapped up their two practices Full go, full gear with the New England Patriots before both teams travel back tomorrow themselves and get ready for preseason game number two in New Orleans at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome on Saturday. We've got two great guests for you today. Veteran defensive tackle Kevin Williams is going to give us his thoughts not only on the practice today, but camp in general here at the Greenbrier. Wanted to get a veteran's perspective about that before we all head home. And then it's always smart, I think, to hear from the other side, and we get the chance to do so today with the radio voice of the New England Patriots. Bob Sochi will be on our program as well. All right, J.D., let's start with this morning. The weather holds off again. Actually, a little bit cooler today for the uh, Saints and the Patriots. What did you What did you take away from today's practice? What were some of your observations? Well, just more situational football. I did see the Saints uh, quarterbacks and receivers get to work some against the New England secondary, and they look sharp in the, uh, in the kind of man-to-man drills, but it's always difficult to tell in those situations. I saw them in some goal line situations, and and, uh, you know, Josh Hill and Ryan Griffin, you know, continue to be a hookup pattern. You know, the undrafted rookies, they like each other. They're roommates, so they kind of know one another's ways. Uh, we saw Tom Brady in some situational football, too, against the Saints secondary. And he certainly looked like the MVP slash um, Hall of Famer that he is against the Saints secondary. He dropped in a couple of nice ones to Gronkowski and some beautiful passes also to Josh Boyce over Brian Dixon and those kinds of guys. So, you know, we saw a little bit of that, and we saw a lot more uh, situation, a lot more special teams drills, a lot more punting today, uh, which Coach Payton said which would be an emphasis today. So, you know, a lot more situational stuff. Uh, a potential skirmish was, you know, quickly diffused between Willie Sneed and Danny Amendola. Uh, from the Patriots, but uh, they, you know, again, were able to come out, get in the quality work they wanted to do without the skirmishes that sometimes mar these kind of joint practices. Speaking of the tight ends, you mentioned Gronkowski had those two touchdown catches uh, on that drive when they backed the, He scored from Brady, and they backed it up, and then they did it all over again. Uh, let's not forget Benjamin Watson had yet another good day. He's had a tremendous week against his old team. Yeah, he just continues to impress. Um, again, he looks like a guy who – who certainly does not look he's look like he's entering his 12th season in the league. And, and I think moving to that wide position, that more of a receiver position in the Saints offense, looks like it's going to benefit, benefit him greatly. He, he's able to separate from linebackers. He's able to find dead spots in zones. He's able to get free. And uh, we've heard Drew Brees say a few times how good a, a route runner he is as well as a blocker. But we hadn't had an opportunity in New Orleans to see those facets of his game. Looks like we're going to get a chance to see him this year. Yeah, and maybe even especially on a Saturday as it looks like Watson, the other ones, and maybe even Drew Brees too will run. Um, not not third-week preseason type reps, but a, civic, a significant number after uh, Brees set out preseason game number one. Okay, when we get a little bit later in the show, I'll have some takeaways with John from the, uh, the end of camp here as they compare to what perhaps we posed to you all at the start of this year's uh, season of Black and Blue Report at the start of this camp. Um, back at the end of July, those last days of July. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll start with defensive tackle Kevin Williams and still to come, of course, Bob Sochi of the New England Patriots uh, radio broadcast team. Stay with us. 
The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. It's a fact. The summer heat is here, and that can mean big electricity bills. So let's get moving. Raise your thermostat a few degrees and let your fans do the rest. Caulk around windows to keep the cool air in, and on the sunny side of the house, close those blinds. Simple things can cut your electricity bills way, way down. So don't wait. Find more ideas to lower your bill at EntergySavings.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. We're rolling. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report as we continue here from the Greenbrier. Our last day here. I know the team will pull out of here on Friday, but as we kind of got to our last show, I wanted to really talk to a veteran and get kind of a, a takeaway from training camp 2015 at the Greenbrier. And who better than Kevin Williams to do that with us here? Kevin, you just stepped off the field with the Patriots. Let's just start with today. What did you take away from today's workout against another team? Uh, we got some good work today. I mean, we, we uh, did a lot of different situations and a chance against, to go against a different type of offense to get those looks for our defense and making the calls, making sure we're just doing things the right way. And plus it gives the young guys a jump start on the preseason game on Saturday. There's a bunch of red paint on your shoulder pads. I, I guess there was a little contact? Uh, a lot of double teams today. Uh, we did a nine-on-seven run period, and then we had uh, a few short yardage situations. So it, it, was a lot of, it was a lot of heavy lifting today for us guys up front. You've done this before, haven't you, working with other teams during the preseason? Um, how did this compare with those? Uh, a lot less fights. I mean, usually usually you see a lot of scrim- a lot of guys scrimmaging and, you know, just a chance to go against another guy. A lot of, a lot of tempers get flared up, but this was ran really well by both coaches and uh, we didn't have any incidents. You, this is your second time with us, and I remember our first visit was early on in camp, and you were just kind of starting to open your eyes a little bit to a lot of young players around you, and you were more than willing to share your knowledge and start to bring them along. Now a couple of weeks later, what do you think? Uh, they all making tremendous strides and, and doing things the right way. Uh, I didn't realize all those guys, we had a bunch of undrafted guys. I thought we at least drafted a couple guys, but... <laughs> I mean, they're, I think they're all undrafted, and, and they're making strides. You can see it from OTAs to now, the big difference that they're making. Who's taking some big steps? Kind of give me an example of what you're talking about. Uh, we've been having different days. I mean, Davis, Tyler Davis and uh, Barnes has been doing well, Mabry. I mean, all, all four of them, five of them have been, been doing really well. And you got Bobby, Bobby Richardson, he's been playing in, inside, outside. they all been playing multiple positions, and Mistakes have been made, but as long as you're playing hard, you can, you know, clean up the fundamental stuff. Kevin, do you set your own course, or do you let those young guys push you a little bit at your age? Uh, I mean, they're going to push you a little bit sometimes, you know. To, to, I just try to lead the way and try to continue to do things the right way. And uh, if I can show up every day and do it the right way, you can too. There's been a bunch of injuries on your side of the football. I'd rather take a look at the positive and say that's given the chance to a lot of different guys to get maybe more reps than what they've been used to. Can you speak to the value of that or what that means at this time of year? I'm trying to gain perspective on that with still a good three weeks, if not four, to the opener. Well, you know, you definitely don't want to lose any of your key guys 
in starting positions, but it just it just goes to show you got to have depth in this game, and, and the teams that have great depth are the teams that go go deep into January and February, and uh, and, and w this gave us a chance to evaluate some guys, and hopefully it makes our depth even stronger. Kevin, if you were keeping a journal, let's say, of your time here at the Greenbrier, obviously we spoke early on, but here in these final entries, if you will, what would stick out? What would be the takeaways that you'd put down on paper if that journal were being kept? Um... Uh, it's a great location. I mean, you, you get a chance to get away from all the busy things that happen in a big city, and, and you just get a, get out here and concentrate on football. So it's a great atmosphere for young guys to focus and try to, you know, get on the right path to going into the season. Let's just get to the bottom line question, I guess. Is this a better football team heading back to New Orleans than the one that arrived here back in late July? Definitely. We made a lot of great strides, and, and we've been pushing each other offensively and defensively to, to be better. And I, and I think we're going back, we are. All right, last question real quick. Preseason game against the same team you've practiced against the last two days. Will you be sick of seeing the New England Patriots by the end of the week, or will that be the right way to cap it off? Yeah, it'll be a good way to end up the week of practice and uh, go out here and uh, and kind of have a measuring stick you say in a game-type atmosphere. So I think it'll be huge for us. Pleasure for me. I can't wait to see you back in New Orleans on Saturday. All right, thank you. You bet. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing touchdown Saints, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. What a great day here at Saints Camp at the Greenbrier, obviously highlighted by the the look of a different team. Some fresh faces have come around, and I think we all could have used it after three weeks here, but certainly joining the Patriots is the voice of the New England Patriots, Bob Sochi, and I I got to tell you, we're glad that you're here. I thought today went pretty well. <laughs> I'll say, Sean, first of all, it's a beautiful setting. I mean, really a breathtaking backdrop. So that's certainly a welcome change from what we're accustomed to day after day behind Gillette Stadium when the Patriots are practicing in Foxborough. And really much different from the joint practice sessions I've experienced mm -hmm. on the road in the past, last year in Richmond, prior to that in Philadelphia. And secondly, the opportunity to watch Tom Brady and Drew Brees, two of the all-time best at you know, the marquee position, go at it with their teams against one another. 
I think it's been a terrific opportunity to kind of gauge where both teams are, but also just from a historical perspective to see these two guys and the way they do things out there on the field. And they got plenty of reps today. I don't think there was any shortage of that. No question about it. You know, the other thing that you really appreciate about this session today is the fact that they got their work done, both teams, and they did so as uh, we heard from a number of players in a very professional manner, unlike some of the joint practices that have evolved or in fact devolved, devolved into yeah, yeah. you know ugly melees like we saw, for example, with the Rams and the Cowboys. So the mutual respect of the two head coaches in the organizations really embodied by the players on the field. I watch from the Saints' perspective today, so all of my observations and takeaways are going to have the black and gold lens in front of it. So let me ask you, what did you take away from the Patriots' work today? Well, I think you definitely have a better gauge on how certain players are doing, especially from a defensive standpoint. For the Patriots, the biggest question mark on the field coming into this season is the secondary after the loss of Darrell Rivas and, of course, Brandon Browner, most notably, following last season. We have seen, for example, Malcolm Butler pick up where he left off in Super Bowl Forty Nine for the Pats, going head-to-head with his teammates. Today, a much different story. Maybe to be expected, you're talking about two of the great offenses in the NFL the last decade or so. And, of course, they're not accustomed to playing against the mm-hmm. same scheme and whatnot. But nonetheless, I think it gives you a, maybe a better perspective and it, it grounds you a little bit. Okay, they st- there's still a lot of work to be done, and those questions are a long way from being answered. So for me, I, I, I took away from this more so, okay, the Patriots' secondary is still very much in flux. There's still a lot of decisions that the coaches are far from making back there. We saw a lot of experimentation for them against a terrific offense and, and a well-schemed offense. Well, of course, we'll spend a couple of days together here in beautiful, wild, and wonderful West Virginia, but then everybody's heading to New Orleans for a preseason game on Saturday night. Bob, when you look at the way the Patriots went about their first preseason game and maybe what should happen in preseason game number two, um, what's what are some of the next steps that you think Bill Belichick would like to see his team make? It's fascinating covering the Patriots, and this is only my third preseason with New England. And one thing I have learned in that short time is that you really you can't expect anything because you're going to get the unexpected with Bill. Last year, for example, in the first preseason game, they had used the joint practice against the Redskins so intensely that they didn't play most of the regulars at all in that first preseason game. Whereas last week, of course, Tom Brady, surprisingly to most of us, was out there as the starting quarterback. We didn't see 20-plus players dress, however, in the preseason opener last week against Green Bay. So what I'm looking for from the Patriots' perspective this Saturday night is to see some of those guys back on the field. For example, speaking of the secondary, well, Terrell Brown, the former Raider and 49er, get a chance to get out there because we didn't see him against the Packers. Will we see more of Malcolm Butler rather than the one series he played? What young guys are going to get more important reps early in the game? Uh, Last week, it was a revolving door at most positions for them, guys running on and off the field. Let's look and see how they manage personnel, the, the first quarter, second quarter in particular. And will we see Ryan Lindley as the third quarterback in that game? He didn't play at all, contrary to expectations in the first game. Before I let you go, I guess we got to talk about the deflate gate thing real quick. And I'll just say this. Uh, regardless of how one feels about the situation, I think we can all agree that it's gone on way too long. Um, do you in any way sense that we're coming to some closure with this deal? Well, you hope so. And uh, you of course, the, the session in New York ongoing as we speak today before Judge Berman, Tom Brady, was preparing yesterday with his legal team uh, for the next round of discussions and so-called settlement talks. It certainly seemed as we got here today that they were a long way from reaching a settlement. I, I'll tell you one thing, as someone who had a different opinion of Bounty Gate, for example, to bring it back to the Saints, I think I have a much greater appreciation now for the other side of things. Uh, you know, you certainly look at what Paul Tagliabu did in vacating the suspensions of those Saints players in the wake of Bounty Gate. And, uh, you know, 
back then, as I said, uh, you know, maybe I wasn't as nearly informed as I should have been. I certainly was not nearly as informed as I am today on the process or lack thereof. And, uh, you know, in, in New England, we're biased. Uh, there's no doubt about it, but uh, you know I, I definitely have more empathy for what the Saints organization had to experience during Bounty Gate. I don't think any of us never really know until you know, and I don't know if you'll ever know. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I'm probably somewhat paraphrasing an old Jim Mora thing there, but um, I think we're all in agreement on that. Good to see you. I hope that you enjoy your stay here, and we'll look for you down in New Orleans this weekend. Absolutely, Sean, and hopefully, with apologies to Coach Moore, we can talk about the playoffs and the possibility of these two teams maybe meeting in Santa Clara. It'd be great to see you. I could do that. That'd be great. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Well, John and I are about to race off to the airport, head back to New Orleans and get ready for Saturday night's telecast. Of course, you'll have John, myself, John Stinchcomb, and Joel Myers on the Raycom Saints television network Saturday evening as the Saints take on these New England Patriots. 6.30 kickoff, by the way, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. All right, John, we're going to put a wrap kind of on things today with regard to how Greenbrier went. Um, of course, we'll do a best-of show tomorrow while all of us are resetting in New Orleans. But if you think back to our conversations, uh, even before practice began, that first day that we were all here at the Greenbrier, how would those storylines compare to what you'll take away here at the end of this 20-something day process? Well, I mean, I think one of the things we talked about coming in was the receiver position. Uh, we know that Brandon Coleman's kind of entrenched himself as the number three guy. We think Joe Morgan's more the number four guy, but that position still hadn't really shaken out at the bottom of the roster. So, you know, there's still work to be done there for some of these players as we go back to New Orleans and continue training camp. Uh, in the secondary, Brandon Browner has been everything we expected him to be, although he's, you know, in, been injured and unable to practice right now. Uh, Delvin Bro also, but, you know, the depth there, we don't know if the rookies, P.J. Williams and Damian Swan, are at, exactly ready to play. We'll find out a lot more about that on Saturday night against against. New England, but uh, you know there's some some movement to be done at the on the roster at the cornerback spot. Uh, Stanley Jean Batiste has really stepped up his game, and he looks like he's pretty much a keeper at the number as a, as a cornerback. You know, the number four guy, pump, yeah, a little nickel dime. He's able to step in as a starter if Keenan Lewis or Brandon Brown are able to go. So some of those questions have been answered along the offensive line. Tim Lolito came in at left guard, and we don't know exactly what his status is in terms of being a solid starter. We think he can be. He has been in spot duty, but there's work to be done there along the front seven and defensive line uh, for the Saints. You know, still some questions to be answered there. I mean, really, we don't have as many questions as we had coming into camp, but it looks like how Kakaha, the rookie, is going to be a guy who's going to see the field a lot. We know Stephon Anthony 
probably is going to start at the Mike linebacker for the Saints. So, you know, those are things we've been able to see. Kevin Williams comes in a little bit late into OTAs. He's going to be an anchor on the defensive line. And John Jenkins looks to be a, a guy who's getting ready to be the guy he was a couple of years ago as opposed to the guy who slumped off a little bit because of injury last year. Uh, Cam Jordan into a new role as a Jack linebacker and also as a pass rusher. And it seems like they've been able to absorb some of that loss of Junior Gallette. Now, we don't know exactly how Anthony Spencer is going to fit in. He was a starter at one point. He was in, he's been injured, hadn't been able to work. So we don't know exactly what's going to happen at that position. And that might be a little bit up for grabs. But some of the questions have been answered. But, you know, again, if you're talking about, you know, the receivers beyond Colston Cooks and Brandon Coleman, we're not exactly sure what's going to happen there. So some questions still have to be answered. Let's look forward now to Saturday and the preseason game, the second one for both teams, the Saints and the Patriots. Um, how much significance is involved here with regard to Saturday night for the New Orleans Saints? Well, I think the the number one offense and defense, both of them want to perform better. Now, Drew Brees, again, did not play in that first game. So you almost kind of, you know, want to mention that and mitigate the circumstances. But if he's going to go a quarter, quarter and a half, you want to see some solid drives out of these guys. Uh, defensively, you want to see even with, you know, the, the depleted secondary with no Kenny Vaccaro potentially, no Jarris Bird potentially, no Brandon Browner, no no Keenan Lewis, which are you know basically you're starting in the defensive backfield, and no Delvin Bro, who's your number five you know guy out there or your number three cornerback. Even if you don't have those guys, you still want to be able to get off the field on third down. You want to see these guys raise their level of play some against Tom Brady, and yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, but you want to see these guys be able to get off the field. And certainly Coach Payton has mentioned time and time and time again since that first preseason game, you don't want to see the sloppiness, the 15 penalties for 131 yards, way too much. You're going to have 15 penalties. It's going to be hard to beat anybody. I don't care what the situation is. So you want to see that cleaned up also. Well done, partner. I think you hit everything. I was wondering to see if you were going to do the penalty thing, and you saved the best for last. Just that number alone, if you're going to keep a scorecard, if you will, I don't know how you would do that, but – Certainly, you want to see less than those 15. Well, that's alarming. Yeah. I mean, that is extremely alarming because now all of a sudden your situations change. Uh, instead of maybe third and two, it's third and seven. That's a different set of circumstances. Instead of first and 10, it's first and 15 or first and 20 if it's a hold. You know, you wipe out a, a reception because somebody moved or, or you line up in the neutral zone. All of those things really tend to sway games and, and can affect momentum. So 15 is a huge, huge number for a team that generally does not commit a lot of penalties. So you definitely want to see that cleaned up. If I may use your words, that's a wrap. And uh, thanks again to all those folks who are gracious enough to have us a part of their community here in West Virginia, the excellent service we got. But, uh, my friend, you'll be in your own bed tonight. Our hay is in the barn, <laughs> and we out. We are getting out of here. No offense, Greenbrier. But it's time to go home. Yep. A little best of training camp uh, from the Greenbrier on the Black and Blue Report tomorrow. And then John and I will be back with you next week as the Saints will practice at their own house, the facility in Metairie on Airline Drive. Thanks for our guests again today, Bob Soshi from the New England Patriots, Kevin Williams as well. And we thank you for being a part of our uh, time here at the Greenbrier via the Black and Blue Report and all the other goings-ons at NewOrleansSaints.com. Have yourself a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. And we'll see you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.